0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. If you're new here, my name is Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. Today's guest is a really interesting one, not because she's a holistic doctor, but because of her approach. When I was chatting with Dr. G before our interview, we were talking about the fact that when it comes to wellness, there seems to be this trend that the only way you can practice it is by subscribing to a goopy lifestyle. And you guys know what that means, right? Like very clean everything, no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, the list goes on. And that's fine because that's how I am 90% of the time. But there are other people who want to feel great but are looking for a middle path. They want to feel amazing. They want to prioritize their health, but they don't want to give up their quote unquote vices. Whether that be alcohol, bread, or anything in between. Dr. G's philosophy is to come up with a realistic wellness plan for the people that want that middle path. Instead of asking them to give up the things they love, she comes up with harm reduction techniques. Also, fun fact, Dr. G used to tour with rock bands, and I'm talking major rock bands. So she has plenty of experience dealing with rock stars who have a certain lifestyle that they don't want to give up. We get into all of that today, and I'm really, really excited for you guys to listen to everything she has to say. But before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you to please leave the show a review if you feel like it brings you value. It only takes a minute, but makes a huge difference. Not only does it help the show grow and help us secure amazing guests, it's also a big win for my team and I who work really hard to bring this show to life. Anyway, with that, let's get into my conversation with Dr. G. Okay, so Dr. G... For someone who's never heard of holistic medicine, what is it, like, what is it and how is it different from Western medicine? Okay.
1: So Western medicine is allopathic. Mm -hmm. And with allopathic medicine, it's a really, it's more of a linear line where we're looking at a dysfunction and a symptom and something that can stop that symptom. Mm -hmm. So they're more looking at symptom suppression, more than getting at the root cause like a band-aid with holistic medicine in particular naturopathic which is one of the branches of medicine that i studied and i'm licensed in we're looking to get at the root cause of the problem so if somebody comes in with indigestion or heartburn we're n- we're not just trying to stop the symptom of the heartburn we're trying to find what's the cause of that mm. whether it's diet an infection in the gut, stress related, we're doing the testing that it takes to discover that and we're doing treatment to get to the root cause.
0: Mm -hmm. And what other, like in holistic medicine, there's obviously other things than, uh, things other than naturopathy, like what are the other facets that you practice? For example,
1: I'm a naturopathic doctor, Mm -hmm. a chiropractor an acupuncturist, and a massage therapist. So I started very young mm-hmm. in studying what I study. Um, those are l- they're all licensed both in Canada and the United States, mm-hmm. and those are actually each one of those except for massage, mm-hmm. naturopathic, chiropractic, and acupuncture are all complete systems of medicine in themselves, which means that there's a diagnostic system mm-hmm. and a treatment correlation for it. Mm-hmm. And all three of them are considered to be medis- medical schools that you go to for them. So there's DC, ND, or LAC. Um, there's other types of holistic medicine or holistic treatments that aren't really doctors, mm-hmm. like people can get Reiki mm-hmm. or cranial sacral therapy where you don't actually have to have medical license to practice that, mm-hmm. um, but those are actually kind of treatments. But the, the three that I've told you, the naturopathic, chiropractic, acupuncture, those are actually full systems of medicine. And right now we see a lot of Western medical doctors mm-hmm. that are doing something that they call integrative medicine. And so they're studying... More alternative approaches, more body, mind, holistic things, and they're integrating it with Western medicine. Mm-hmm. and that's what integrative medicine is, because that's becoming a term that's being kind of out there now a lot.
0: and what where like where does functional medicine fall? What is functional
1: that? medicine is another way of getting to the root of the problem using specific testing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about functional medicine is they consider, the patient to be at the center of the system. So everything revolves around communication with the patient, activating the patient to be a participant in the healthcare, care, and getting to the root of the problem. Now, when you go to a functional medicine symposium or seminar, mm-hmm. um, when I started in this business, um, and I was in school in the 80s, um, almost all the people studying functional medicine were chiropractors. Mm. Now when I go to these conferences and seminars, I'd say 95% of them are medical doctors. So we're seeing a big openness of Western medical people studying functional medicine. And I really believe that what's happening in the future, we can see through what's happening right now in the Cleveland Clinic, which is wa- mm-hmm. one of the best hospitals yep. in the world.
0: Dr. Mark Hyman. Mark Hyman. He's amazing.
1: Yes, who's the uh, president of the Institute of Functional Medicine now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a very good spokesperson for it. And he started the um, functional medicine department at the Cleveland Clinic. So they're, they're experimenting with, that and trying to set up a really good system, and then they'd like to educate other hospitals in the country and how to do that. Um, But most functional medicine is being practiced in individual doctor's offices, and I incorporate functional medicine as part of my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, The ways I use it is in um, how I approach, you know, getting to the root of the problem. I do a lot of testing. And then I treat according to what we find. And then I do use a lot of patient education.
0: So interesting. And
1: we look at how also chiropractic has a functional medicine approach too because we look at how the structure affects the function of the body. Mm. We're not just doing chiropractic adjustments to help back and neck pain. You know, we would be looking at how the structure of the spine affects. Their nervous system, the circulatory system, the lymphatic system, the immune system—you know—so we how structure affects function.
0: So interesting. Um, I think it's I think it's really cool because, especially maybe in recent years, I feel like there is a growing interest in more of like a holistic way to treat people as opposed to I think people are just sort of growing a little more suspicious of like that band-aid approach Uh um which I think is refreshing and quite nice yeah
1: when I was younger so I've been doing this since I was a teenager Mm -hmm. basically and when I first started in holistic medicine um, and I became a chiropractor by the time I was about 24 Mm -hmm. and when I first started practicing like the holistic people were the last resort yeah <laughs> so by the time someone came to see me they'd been everywhere, everywhere. Already. <laughs> it's like now last resort. I've been practicing for almost 30 years now it's the first thing people are trying yeah. people are trying this first and they're going the western route last yeah and I personally feel we need a combination of both western and alternative and what I love about what's happening now is there's a conversation between both worlds because it used to be that people would go to alternative practitioners, but they would be afraid to tell their doctor about mm-hmm. it, so they would hide it. And it actually works better if you can have someone who understands how to work at both or respects it, mm-hmm. so people can be more honest about what they're doing. Yeah. And um, you know, for me, even, like I have um, alternative practitioner f- um, friends who are very judgmental about people using Western medicine. Well, I think that's ridiculous. You can't judge people. You need to know where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. how they're using it, and then how can I do harm reduction to help them? So, for example, even myself, I am recovering from Lyme disease right now.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: Okay? And I literally thought I was dying, Mm. and I knew something was deeply wrong, and I have been diagnosing about 100 people a year with Lyme disease. Mm. Kind of sure it was happening to me, too, but nobody could really find it. Well, finally it was found. Doxycycline saved my life, but I've been doing a detox smoothie in the morning and the doxycycline in the evening, and I've been doing alternative stuff to help me with the die-off symptoms and to help me tolerate the doxy. And whereas a lot of people would just do the antibiotics and wouldn't feel a lot better... Mm. I've been only excelling because I believe the combination of Western and alternative for some things like particularly Lyme has been a great approach. And there's a lot of diseases like that where really if we can come at it with both, it's really wonderful.
0: Yeah, I think I really do think that that is the way... To progress forward and I was actually speaking to um, another holistic medicine practitioner in um, LA a few months ago and she she recovered from cancer and she, she did exactly what you did where of course like she didn't just not use western medicine but she also used a lot of alternative holistic measures to sort of treat it as well from that perspective and through the conjunction of both you know she was able to come out of it The
1: other place in the united states where i'm really seeing what i believe is the future of medicine Mm -hmm. is the cancer treatment centers of america yeah yeah so I that's think amazing. a whole, it's an, it's a Western hospital, but people are getting the holistic and the, the best of both mm-hmm. integrated together.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's just the way to move forward. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about how you do this detox smoothie, which is, I think a good gateway for me to ask my next question, which is about gut health. So I wanted to get into that a little bit. Um, so first of all, like why is gut health so important?
1: well the way i look at the you know i um the detox is is my most important i think it's the most important thing you can do is start with a clean foundation mm-hmm. so i believe i call myself the urban alchemist mm-hmm. because i believe that healing happens in an alchemical way which is we're transforming things that aren't so good into something really good mm-hmm. okay and the liver and the gut are the foundation of the body can i absorb what's good for me and can i eliminate what's bad for me Mm -hmm. if the liver and gut are working then everything else works so much better Mm -hmm. so i'd say probably 70 or 80 percent of the people when they come in to see me what i do is i start with a functional medicine detox cleanse with them which is designed to repair the liver and the gut Mm -hmm and you know i guess the metaphor i would use is when the world trade center came down they didn't just go erect a building on the site first they had to clean out the area they had to rebuild the foundation once the foundation was built then when they did the rebuilding it it held and it was a strong building Mm -hmm. so that's the same the way i look at our health and our body Mm -hmm. first we start by cleaning out the foods toxins things in our environment and in our diet and lifestyle we shouldn't be on Uh, we fix the foundation which is the liver and the gut which i i do through a a shake Mm -hmm. that includes a protein powder to repair the liver a functional food Mm -hmm. Um, G.I. Revive, a probiotic to repair the gut lining, fiber, green food, and an omega oil, all of that in one shake. And that's the breakfast for a month. And uh, they clean up their diet. Mm -hmm. You know, for most people, you do that for a month, Mm -hmm. a reparative shake, clean up the diet. For most people, um, 60 to 90% of their problems will be changed.
0: So interesting.
1: And then when you do the rebuilding, it works so much better.
0: Yeah, because you have like a strong foundation. Because you were mentioning
1: yeah. something about skin. Well, the mm-hmm. skin's an organ of elimination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All skin stuff starts with the liver and the gut. If yep. the liver and gut cannot clean you out, stuff's gonna come out the skin
0: yeah and that's like uh, that's what I keep reading about and I do think like I, I see it on myself right like when I'm eating you know foods that I know my body is reactive to like for example I know I don't react well to gluten or dairy um don't have celiac disease or anything, but I just know it doesn't sit well with my, in my stomach. I I, like, I see it in the next like day or two. Like I know like my skin, it just doesn't look the same way it does when I avoid those foods. So it's really like, it's actually really, really interesting that, you know, people think that they can just like slap on creams and stuff on their face and that gets rid of acne. But I do think that it's something that starts from within.
1: Definitely. And also there's the hormonal component to the skin but even the hormonal component starts with the liver and the gut Mm -hmm. because our hormones are detoxed in the enzymes of the liver and the probiotics of the gut. So even if there's hormonal imbalances, I always like to start with the cleanse. So the cleanse shake is something they take in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's got the functional food for the liver, Mm -hmm. repairing leaky gut, you know, like the GI Revive is laying down new pavement. Mm-hmm. It's fixing the leaky gut. What is
0: GI Revive?
1: It's a, pr- it's a, uh, it's a powder. Okay, okay, powder. It's got different things that help to repair leaky gut.
0: Okay, so what is leaky gut?
1: <laughs> so, leaky, so basically there's a mucous membrane that lines the inside passages of our body. So uh-huh. just as we have a skin on the outside of our body, um the skin is like our border wall, right? Mm-hmm. So the skin, anything we put on the skin absorbs into the blood mm-hmm. and the skin is also a protective barrier from what's gonna go inside. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we have an inside skin mm-hmm. and that's the mucous membrane in your nose, sinuses, lungs, mouth, esophagus, stomach, mm-hmm. small intestine, large intestine, colon, vagina, urethra, and bladder. That entire lining is what we call the GALT, Mm -hmm. gut-associated lymphatic tissue. That lining is our border wall. Leaky gut is when that lining breaks down, atrophies, and becomes too porous. And what causes leaky gut is alcohol, caffeine, nicotine, sugar, stress, toxins, antibiotics, um, antacids and steroids all kinds of medications including chemotherapy and antidepressants and just stress. So there's a lot of things in our diet, lifestyle and environment that break down the lining of the gut making it leaky is the lay term. But it's really like hyperporous. So it can't differentiate between what's supposed to be in there and what's not. And when you have leaky gut Toxins get into the blood that normally shouldn't. And you're also going to start to have allergies to things that you weren't allergic to before. Mm. So when I, for example, you might have been fine with wheat products. And then all of a sudden, as you got older, you notice that you've developed an intolerance to them. Like me. (laughs) Okay. So if you repair leaky gut, usually you can start to tolerate things that you couldn't tolerate for a while before. If people have a lot of allergies and they say, I want to do a food allergy panel, I'm like, before we do a food allergy panel, we want to, we want to treat leaky gut Mm -hmm. and do about a month of repair because otherwise you're going to have a lot of false positives.
0: So interesting. So when you are treating someone for leaky gut and you do this detox smoothie, do you have certain foods you have them avoid?
1: Yes, when I'm doing the cleanse, I usually have people give up sugar, wheat, and alcohol. And in um, some people, if I feel that they might have allergies to certain foods, I might take them off. Mm-hmm. Definitely cow's milk, but not necessarily all dairy for all people. Mm-hmm. But I have two, de- like I have in my book, The Rockstar Remedy, I have um, three stages of admission into the detox. The mm-hmm. general admission... The VIP in the backstage. <laughs> that is so funny. The general admission is diet only. Mm-hmm. Clean up the diet. Get off of the allergens. It's more like a paleo kind of diet. Mm-hmm. The VIP is um, a lenient diet, but most of the allergens are gone, and they take the shake. Mm-hmm. And then the backstage is for the hardcore detox people, which is really hypoallergenic take them off dairy gluten most nuts alcohol caffeine sugar you know Mm -hmm. and then the shake so I have different stages of admission because one thing that I learned from all my years of touring with rock groups is that not everybody wants to enter at the same point you know not everybody wants to be that extreme so say Mr. Johnson comes in and he's like yeah I really want to do a detox, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give up coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you're not going to give up coffee, but you'll do the shake and you'll clean up your diet and do all that. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, let's do it. You know, because they're going to get a heck of a lot better from that, even if they drink the coffee, right? Yeah, yeah. So one thing that really you know, touring with rock bands really helped me to learn is to not be judgmental, Mm -hmm. to meet people where they're at and start negotiating. Mm -hmm. What will this person do?
0: So uh, now that we've gotten into that, like how, how did you start touring with rock bands? Like tell me everything, (laughs) what you learned, like get into a little more detail because I think that that is such an interesting background because we were just talking a little before the interview started guys. And like, she was saying that, you know, Nowadays people think that you have to take this like all or nothing approach and there is this like middle ground which I think is really interesting because a lot of people are in the middle ground. So if you could get into I'm that, in the like, middle ground. Yeah, there you we know, go. I like
1: to have fun too and yeah. I have like to go out and if you think about people coming from ethnic family backgrounds like <coughs> being too strict <coughs> might mean, lo- mean not eating at a family reunion. Mm-hmm. Like how sad is that? Mm-hmm. So I look at things in a kind of, you know, when I'm Doing my intake with people, I want to know their background Mm -hmm. and what their beliefs are because I have to know what's my entry point with this person Mm -hmm. and how far are they willing to go. So when I was um, 19 years old, I graduated from massage school. And at that time, um, my f- cousin was working in productions mm-hmm. at a place um, called Belkin Productions in Cleveland, and they used to bring all the rock bands to concerts, mm-hmm. you know, in for concerts. So she said, you know, Bruce Springsteen's coming to town, and, you know, they want, the band wants you to give them a massage, so I volunteered you. Mm-hmm. So I started at a very young age, mm-hmm. you know, working in the music business, and it was all kind of word of mouth, you know, and throughout my entire education, I was always working with bands. And once I graduated from naturopathic school, um, which was like almost 17 years later, I actually started touring. So my first practice of incorporating massage, chiropractic, acupuncture, and naturopathic was actually 12 years of touring. Wow. So after I graduated from um, naturopathic school, I had finished all my school. I took a sabbatical in mm-hmm. Europe. I didn't actually think I wanted to be a doctor anymore. I was so burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to take a little sabbatical. And then the bands that I had been working on mm-hmm. started to call me and um, let's do a little, started to call me and ask me if I wanted a tour with them. Yeah. So what was going to be a one-year sabbatical turned into, you know, almost 15 years of touring. And um, it was wonderful because I learned at a very, you know, early stage in my practice not to judge people. Mm -hmm. To say, hey, they want to live this kind of life and be healthy. Let's see what we can do about
0: that. And I, I, I really, I think it's a really refreshing approach because I think it just makes the world of, I guess, like, naturopathy and naturopathic medicine, like holistic medicine, seem a little less scary to the average person. Like, they feel like, you know, there's a place for me in this world, too, and I can, there is, like, a place of, like, I guess, compromise, which is nice. Yeah, like,
1: for example, I have friends that say, I would never let my patients have coffee on a detox. I'm like, really? Well, I could have never done a detox without giving up coffee because I've never given up a day of my life. So, like, for example, I have all these little harm reduction tricks in my book. Yeah, so get into that. With coffee, mm-hmm. coffee's got all these antioxidants. We know now with research that there's a lot of things that help it with longevity. Mm-hmm. But it's acidic, mm-hmm. and the acidity can, you know, break down and cause leaky gut. So if you put spices in the coffee, cinnamon, cardamom, mm. nutmeg... Vanilla, the same spices that they use in chai and in
2: tea,
1: that neutralizes the acidity. So I have all kinds of little harm reduction tricks in my book. How to take things that are bad for you and make them less bad.
0: That's what a smart tip. I always put cinnamon into my coffee because I like the taste. And um, from what I know, like it's just easier to like ingest the caffeine with uh, cinnamon if i don't know if i'm wrong but you can correct yeah me. it's
1: well, basically that's the reason in india they use all those spices and chai it takes the acidity out of it mm-hmm. so there's you know i have these little tips throughout the entire book yeah to, you know harm reduction drinks for har- harm reduction tricks for if you're drinking you yeah know, gluten-free alcohol and um, yeah, I even, you know, there's even people who's like, I want to do a detox, but I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm like, oh, well, please don't mix your smoothie with beer. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> is it, what are you willing to do? They're yeah. Like, you know, if this is somebody who drinks 10 drinks a day yeah. and they're willing to go down to four a week. Yeah. Are we getting healthier? Yes. Yeah. The next time they do it, they might go even more strict. Mm so my approach is more non-judgmental, and I think that it's been quite successful because of that. Because people can be very honest with me, mm-hmm. and they don't feel just because they weren't perfect that they sabotage and go all the way off the deep end again.
0: Yeah, it's that. Uh, I guess you. Know, you can yeah. An it, it, and right. it it can be like it, with health. I think there is this like all or nothing situation, and. I think it's really nice when someone from like this, like, I guess, like, quote unquote, like healthy world it does tell people that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like, you know, you you have a drink or you have a piece of cake like it's OK. Like yeah. you can bounce back. Like, if you, you have
1: know. your shake, you can eat cake, too. That's my philosophy. <laughs> I love Gluten-free that. Gluten free cake is better. Of course.
0: Love that. Um, OK, so. Pivoting a little bit, I wanted to talk about inflammation because, you know, I think that there's a lot of research now showing that inflammation is really the root cause of a lot of diseases. So could you get into why it's problematic, why it's so rampant? Yeah. Well, the things that
1: cause inflammations, first of all, you want to start with toxicity and leaky gut. Mm -hmm. Um, When the gut lining is broken down, um, toxins... Allergens, things that normally don't get, get into the blood get in. Mm-hmm. And that causes the antibodies to kick in because they see it as a foreign invader. Mm-hmm. So the antibodies kick in and that creates toxicity and inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then our body produces the adrenal's response to that is to kick up cortisol and adrenaline. Mm-hmm so there's a lot of things that are the source of inflammation toxicity infection um, allergens but also in our own body if the liver and gut aren't working properly that's going to create more inflammation or if our immune system isn't have the own its own natural anti-inflammatory abilities Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: okay so when we're looking at inflammation we're looking at all that stuff from a cause down end results of inflammation are it creates a stress to the endocrine system. It actually inflammation raises insulin and cortisol, causing blood sugar and heart disease. Inflammation can also lead to adrenal problems, anxiety and insomnia because it it kicks up the cortisol response.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Inflammation can make people gain weight. Especially around the belly, mm-hmm. um, so it causes a lot of weight gain. So you know, inflammation becomes a systemic problem, and then long-term leaky gut and inflammation will eventually lead to autoimmune disease, which we're seeing a very big um spike in. Big <laughs> spike in autoimmunity, which is, I believe, most autoimmunity is a combination between leaky gut, a breakdown in the border wall. On top of that, an increase in infections, allergens, and toxins. And the immune system sees these foreign invaders. It can't stop, and it starts to attack your own tissue.
0: So with inflammation, I guess the first step is really to heal your leaky gut if you do suffer from that, and then that should yeah. automatically like that's bring down inflammation. Almost
1: everybody with a cleanse in mm-hmm. the beginning. And I recommend that people do that once a year or twice a year as a way of resetting. That way you can enjoy life, party, travel, eat out, have family dinners, and have things that aren't perfect, Mm -hmm. and be exposed to things in the environment, which we have no control over in a lot of ways, and then have a way to reset Mm -hmm. the liver and the gut. Because detoxing clears inflammation too. Mm -hmm. You know when you start a diet or start cleaning up your diet and you start to lose all kinds of weight Mm. immediately Mm. you're losing water retention Mm. when the body is toxic or inflamed you retain water as you clear toxicity and inflammation people your body retains water as a way of diluting the toxin Mm -hmm. it's a protective mechanism so as soon as somebody starts an anti-inflammatory diet or a detox diet they pee out 10 pounds. That's not real fat. That's water. Your body doesn't need that extra water to dilute the toxin anymore.
0: Incredible. Mm -hmm. So do you have any like specific, like anti inflammatory foods or supplements that you can take?
1: Well, one thing, you know, we have to look at some of the things causing inflammation Mm -hmm. dietarily. Right now we see that genetically modified foods are inflammatory because your body doesn't recognize them as foods. They're basically taking seeds, mixing them with the genes of another species with the entire purpose of creating a species of plant that insects will not eat because Mm -hmm. insects don't recognize it as food. If insects don't think it's food, why shouldn't humans eat it? It's true. I mean, sorry, people, but if it's so bad that the bugs can't eat it, why should we eat Mm -hmm. it? So that's creating a lot of inflammation and allergy toxins in the environment Mm -hmm. dietarily manipulating the foods is really creating a a lot of inflammation Mm -hmm. but sugar is very inflammatory wheat is inflammatory definitely in america yeah not as much in places like italy where it hasn't been changed so much but in america because they add They've processed the wheat to be so much higher in gluten, Mm -hmm. which is a very large protein um, that creates more inflammation. But usually it's a combination between not just what we're exposing our body to, but whether or not our body has the elevators out the building. Mm. You know, think about like if you're cleaning a building and you're moving all of the you're cleaning all the apartments and moving everything into the hallway Mm -hmm. if you don't have if you have elevators out the building it's good to detox Mm -hmm. if you don't have elevators out the building then all the trash stays in the hallway and that's what inflammation is Mm -hmm. you know so detoxing automatically helps clear inflammation
0: so interesting and any any supplements that would help
1: Yes, so the first thing I do is probiotics and a a powder, something like the GI Revive that Mm -hmm. I use is using glutamine, Mm -hmm. which repairs the gut lining, N-acetylcysteine and glucosamine sulfate, which repair the mucus layer of the gut. And then there's these mucilaginous herbs that repair the mucus uh, layer of the gut. Those are things like marshmallow roots, slippery elm, okra, so those are very good for repairing the gut lining, probiotics. And then specific anti-inflammatories are things like boswellia, which is also known as frankincense, mm-hmm. um, myrrh, which is ca- called camphora. Um turmeric and curcumin are very popular. Um, things like matcha and green tea have anti-inflammatory properties, ginger, so there's a lot of herbs as well, as well as enzymes. Mm-hmm. Enzymes can help be an anti-inflammatory as well.
0: So speaking of probiotics and digestive enzymes, like, do you have any favorites?
1: Well, I put a powdered probiotic into my um, smoothie concoction, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty simple one. It's got lactobacillus, acidophilus, and bifidobacteria. One thing I think is that the American mentality, and I'm not sure about the Canadian, but the American mentality is more is better. Mm-hmm. So there's something that they do in the, in the nutraceutical industry, and it's called cosmetic labeling. So they play into that idea that they know that people think more is better. So you can go and buy your probiotic with a 1,000 probiotics or one that's more simple. I like to keep things simple. What's
0: the brand you like?
1: I, I use a brand uh, called Designs for Health. Okay, it's an incredible company, and their formulations are great. Um, I never recommend probiotics that have fructo-oligosaccharides mm. or saccharomyces. Why fructo-oligosaccharides is a sugar that's good for treating for feeding um, uh, making prebiotics it's called a prebiotic Mm -hmm. and saccharomyces is a yeast and the reason i don't use either one of those in a probiotic is that most people that i'm working with have some kind of candida overgrowth Mm. there's a lot of overgrowth of yeast in our culture because of the antibiotics and anybody who has yeast overgrowth will have aggravations of symptoms With a probiotic that has FOS or saccharomyces in it.
0: So if someone does have candida overgrowth, what can they do?
1: You still take a probiotic, but not ones with that in it. And And then I I usually will have them treating the leaky gut with the GI revive and the probiotic in the morning. And then in the afternoon and evening, I have them taking antifungal herbal formulas Mm -hmm. and eliminating sugar, alcohol. And simple carbohydrates that can feed the yeast.
0: So interesting. So for someone who's a complete beginner, why do you recommend a probiotic? Like what exactly does it do? So a probiotic is
1: literally means good bacteria mm-hmm. or good life, you mm-hmm. know. And we acquire probiotics at birth when we pass through the mother's vaginal canal. Mm-hmm. So babies that are born C-section are born without their natural probiotics, Mm. okay? And basically, the probiotics line the gut. Mm -hmm. They have a function in helping us to detox. They help us to metabolize hormones. And the acidity of probiotics protects us from viruses, bacteria, and other infections, Nowadays, we have a problem where a lot of people are losing their natural probiotics from taking antibiotics and or from eating food that has antibiotics in it. Mm. And if you think about, there's so much of our food has antibiotics in it, the meat, the dairy. And we've also got antibiotics in our water, like chlorine and fluoride work as antibiotics. So we have this low-grade exposure all the time to antibiotics which is wreaking havoc on our good microbiome. So I believe that most of us could benefit from supplementing with a good probiotic and eating foods that naturally are high in natural probiotics like the fermented foods and also yogurt and stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And i always like to ask and like get into the grassroots because not everyone knows like what exactly a probiotic does and why it's so important but
1: yeah and then the fact that how many people were not were um had a c-section exactly yeah
0: yeah i also um, i also find that uh, like after a round of antibiotics i i'm so prone to getting sick Right. I have to start on like a good probiotic and just stay you have on it. Do it, it right yeah. away. So yeah. if somebody, let's
1: say somebody comes to me and they have pneumonia and they have to take an antibiotic, I put them on the GI Revive and the probiotic in the morning because that's repairing their mucous membrane, mm-hmm. which is their border wall. Mm-hmm. They take their anab- antibiotics in the afternoon, um, but they haven't taken probiotic in the morning. I haven't taken the antibiotics in the afternoon and evening. And then I'll also give them some kind of herb that helps prevent Candida from overgrowing from that. And so that's a, ki- that's a typical example of how I try to support someone who really is mm-hmm. going to benefit from the Western, and the Western won't make them worse. Because if you don't replenish that, Within a month, they're going to be sick again and on another antibiotic.
0: Yeah, so that actually happened to me pretty recently. Like I got a UTI and I just couldn't not take an antibiotic. And so, and I've not had antibiotics in like a couple of years now. So I had it and literally two days after I finished my course, I was having a probiotic, but not while I was on it. And I think it was just, like, a mistake not to be on probiotics at the same time as my antibiotics. And but I But they have sure to enough. be taken at a different time. Yes, yes, definitely. So
1: I usually recommend that the border wall and the probiotic repair in the morning mm-hmm. and then, you know, or separate it somehow with the doctor's advice as well. Yeah. But You, it's that's a typical example of harm reduction that I would do with someone, so I'm not going to judge them for using an antibiotic. Totally, because sometimes you need it. Sometimes you need (laughs) it. Let's do, let's prevent it from doing harm.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a, it's such a smart approach because sometimes, like, you do need an antibiotic, and there's like no way that you can not do it because. It's like painful or like literally it can, in other situations, like kill you Mm, if you don't. So you can't avoid it. Okay. So I wanted to get into hormones a little bit. So first and foremost, how are they connected to weight gain? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, um, in particular, your metabolism is regulated by the adrenal glands and the thyroid. That's like the battery in the gas tank and they really operate the entire engine. Mm-hmm. If the adrenal gland and thyroid are kind of slow, people will actually have a slow metabolism. Mm-hmm. Certain hormones, uh, certain hormone imbalances will also lead to um, weight gain like something we call estrogen dominance, mm-hmm. where the estrogen levels are too high and the progesterone levels are too low. In this situation people will be um, almost puffy mm-hmm. like kind of the the way you look before your period if things are really out of balance mm-hmm. they'll feel very agitated as well but they sometimes will blow up like the blueberry girl on Willy Wonka you know <laughs> just inflate yeah you know and um, so estrogen dominance can cause weight gain and Sometimes when women are going through transitional times in their hormones, whether they're just starting their menstrual cycle or the menstrual cycles on the way out and their hormones are out of balance, like they're too low, the body will hold on to the fat as a way of preserving the hormones because hormones are stored in fat. Mm. So in a lot of women who are perimenopausal, the 10 years before menopause, They start to gain weight because their hormones are out of balance and the body's trying to preserve the hormones.
0: So interesting. So So
1: hormones and weight gain very much go hand in hand with each other. But there isn't like a cookbook approach to anybody's hormone issues. For me, I get a serious introduction and intake with people. I order testing, Mm -hmm. blood, adrenal, thyroid, hormones. While we're waiting for the labs to come in, I'm cleaning them out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I do the hormone balancing, which is very specific to what that person needs based on the testing. Yeah. Not just guessing.
0: Yeah, not like a blanket approach, obviously. But I do feel that right now, especially in our generation, everyone is so go, go, go. And I think like cortisol levels are just out of control i feel like it's like an epidemic
1: it's a big epidemic yeah cortisol yeah i think that people don't realize by never putting down the technology Mm -hmm. that's creating a low level of stress and hyper stimulation that's really having a negative impact on people too because it's like you're never shutting the engine off
0: yeah totally like on days where Well, like now I just don't allow myself to check my emails first thing in the morning. Like I give myself an hour before I touch my phone. But, oh, my gosh, like the days I do and I I break that rule and I check my email, like I I notice that the rest of the day I'm like, I don't know, kind of on edge and a little more stressed out. Like, it's insane technology. I feel like we're just so addicted to it and we don't realize how bad it is until we take a break from it and you're like, oh okay, this is how you're actually supposed to feel. Well, it's another
1: thing that just needs balance. We Mm -hmm. can't look at it as all bad or all good. I mean, if it wasn't there, we wouldn't be able to have our little chat Uh, today. Totally. However, you know, I do feel that generationally there's a lot of struggles in this younger people today because there's less human contact Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing... Issues of sadness and loneliness and disconnection Mm -hmm. at a much younger age where Mm -hmm. people are looking for a tribe of people to connect with that's outside of these chat rooms and social media groups, Mm -hmm. right? We Mm -hmm. need human connection and a place to belong. And interesting, when I was growing up, health I mean, rock and roll was where people found tribe. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, music and sports, let's say. Now I think people are finding it in health.
0: Mm, definitely, you you make yoga with like, yeah, Exactly, what I was going to say
1: communities and health communities. And I wrote an article for a pitch I'm doing on a TV show, and I called the article "Health is the New Rock and Roll"
2: because
1: mm-hmm. I do see that movement, and I think that's a really great way for young people to connect with other people through kind of health communities. And yeah, stuff.
0: yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. Um, what are some other things that people can do to like I guess bring down their cortisol levels
1: to bring down cortisol levels some of the mains you know from um from a treatment perspective acupuncture and massage yoga and meditation all lower cortisol mm-hmm. um, you can change cortisol by changing your perception as well so if, if you're trapped in a situation you can't get out of that feeling of trapped will create more higher course like they took a group of s- two groups of people that worked in the same job
2: mm-hmm.
1: and one group of people you know liked the 9 to 5 they liked the security the insurance the other group were more artsy types mm-hmm. and they felt trapped and they wished they were traveling and they hated the 9 to 5 but they needed the money for something mm. the first group didn't have any cortisol or adrenaline being secreted, where the other group did. So the only thing that was different is not the experience or the work, but the perception of it. So when people feel that when people have a lot of stress or anxiety, I try to work with them on how can we change this experience to make you feel like you're not trapped here. Mm. And a lot of times by using gratitude is helpful.
0: I think yeah, gratitude. It's it's incredible what it can do for you. Like, and
1: then there's supplements yes, to help lower cortisol. Definitely. Theanine, ashwagandha, magnolia. Uh, when I use supplements for cortisol, though, it's only if I s- if I've tested and see that the cortisol is high. Got it. Because you can actually make cortisol too low too. Interesting. By overdoing it
0: what what happens then then people
1: feel like they can't get in the game unless they have coffee (laughs) you know what i mean it's like they wake up tired they can't function and also with cortisol it's not just a matter of is it high or low when you're testing cortisol you're testing it at four times of the day Mm. breakfast lunch dinner and before bed and it's a saliva or a urine test. Mm. Um, testing blood is only looking at one moment in time. Mm. But you have to know the pattern of someone's cortisol. You know, so most people I've worked with, these rock, rock stars, mm-hmm. they have low cortisol in the morning and high at night. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of what it should be. Yeah. I said, oh, you're on the Keith Richards plan. Sleep all day, <laughs> party all night. We want you with the high cortisol in the morning low at night yeah so yeah you can work your nine-to-five job or you know what i mean so it's really <laughs> I love that yeah it's not just about you know good or bad it's like the curve of it and how it is for you functioning
0: oh my gosh yeah so interesting keith richards program i think that's really funny we should
1: all be doing what he's doing right <laughs> we must be doing something right oh man yeah oh
0: my gosh i feel like he's been around forever <laughs> Um, okay, so if someone is just wanting to dip their toes into supplements, um, what's a good place to start? Like maybe you could name three essential vitamins, minerals uh, that everyone should be taking.
1: I think everybody in today's society needs a good food-based multi, a um, omega-3 supplement, and I think magnesium, you know, there's the th- top three nutritional deficiencies in the American diet are number one water, mm-hmm. we're all dehydrated, number two is omega 3s, mm-hmm. and three is magnesium because the soil is so depleted. So, um, with a multivitamin, food based multivitamins are not one a days. One a days are usually synthetic mm-hmm. and they'll have cosmetic labeling in that. There will be minerals listed on there, but not enough to be like significant.
2: Trace.
1: Yeah, because yeah, actually minerals take up almost three pills alone. So a real food-based malty is always going to recommend between three and six pills a day mm-hmm. to get all the vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals.
0: Do you have any favorite brands?
1: I, I, li- I like Rainbow Lights um, and New Chapter, but Rainbow Light has a one a day. I don't recommend that one. I recommend their more food-based ones. We all need an omega-3. Um, flax oil is a vegetarian omega-3.
0: Favorite brands?
1: Um, Barlean's mm-hmm. organic. And I will often use organic fish oils, too, or mercury-free, like Nordic Naturals or barlines. But I try to get people to eat wild fish Mm -hmm. and use flax oil for supplements because I feel like we're raping the environment to get fish oil too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see people eating sustainable wild fish supplementing with flax oil. And then I think everybody could benefit from magnesium, a Mm -hmm. little calming. And if you don't want to take a supplement, you can get it in dark chocolate. Mm. but magnesium is part of almost every pathway and most people benefit from taking magnesium favorite other brand. um i like the natural calm they've got a lot of good stuff My favorite, yeah, yeah. So good. they have a lot of fun products um and they have different delivery systems you can get the, the bath you can take the um lotion you can drink it mm-hmm. you can take supplements so you know there's different kinds of delivery systems for different people. Mm-hmm. Other vitamins, I do not go by the everybody, everything is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. I usually base it on what I've tested in people and what they really need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's nice if people could find them themselves a nice good holistic practitioner that can advise them about sp- what specifically they need.
0: Well, I do think that that is the smart way to go about doing it, right? Because like, I don't think that holistic medicine is necessarily like, oh, take all the things, right? Like your holistic um, doctor, if you go see one, should be able to treat you the same way a doctor would, right? It's not like take all the pills that the pharmacy has. <laughs> like. Yeah, and right now,
1: you know, people are educating themselves on the internet and I'll see people taking all these crazy things and combinations. I'm like, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Oh, Google recommended it. I'm like, (laughs) um, Google doesn't recommend things because they know what you need. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Or Amazon recommended it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amazon said I should take this and this. I said it's not because of science. It's Mm -hmm. because they want to sell you shit. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very careful about the quality of stuff too yeah the people are buying online because there's not a lot of you know and the self you know self prescription and normally though I don't think most people are hurting themselves mm-hmm. I think they're just wasting a lot of money because what I see is people come in and they've got a pharmacy full of stuff that they've taken for a week and then they stopped taking because mm-hmm. they didn't it see the benefits
0: and it's also not sustainable to take everything you know like no and it's
1: and it's expensive so if you can get things and that's why I love things in smoothie forms Mm. so a lot of my patients you know I see that they're not really eating breakfast Mm -hmm. so I'll put together a smoothie combination that's a way to get all the nutrients they need and it's a breakfast at the same time
0: love it okay so before we wrap I wanted to get into like trendy like I guess, topics like in the wellness world. So first of all, CBD oil. It's obviously like a hot topic right now. Um, How do you feel about it? Do you see that it has benefits? Like if you could get into all of that.
1: Yeah, so um, right now in New York, we can use CBD that comes from hemp, not marijuana. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both coming from the same plant, but they're cultivated differently. So marijuana has THC, whereas CBD, uh, CBD from hemp has to be less than 0.03%. I think this is one of the most exciting places of research right now. Um, Hemp, in particular, and the CBD in hemp has all kinds of beautiful benefits, Mm. um, in particular for inflammation and well-being. And the, the benefits of hemp and CBD in hemp are opening the doors to a lot of research on something called the endocannabinoid system. Which is a endocrine, like a system we have in our body that communicates our hormones with our nervous system. Mm -hmm. And when people take CBD, it's like taking a superfood for the endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I tell people look at it as a food supplement, not as a medicine. So smart. Look at it as a food supplement for your endocannabinoid system. And I've never seen anything more than. Um, feeling a little bit tired as a negative side effect. Besides that, I haven't seen any adverse really reactions to it. Mm-hmm. And it's legal in all states. The big thing with CBD is you want it to be um, food-based mm-hmm. and um, organic if possible. Definitely organic because it's fat and fat holds toxins. And you want it to be full-spectrum CBD, not
0: isolate. So good. That's really, really good advice. I
1: also recommend people who are just starting on the CBD thing, start with a low dose Mm -hmm. and with the drops. Because with the drops, you can play with the dose for yourself. Mm -hmm. You put them under the tongue, and you could say, hey, they recommend 10, I'm going to start with 5 drops. Oh, that really calmed me down. I don't need that many next time. I'll just do 3. So you can titrate the dose and play with it a little but I always think people should start much less than's recommended and mm-hmm. work your way up.
0: Um, do you? How do you feel about like the there's like CBD vapes now as well? Like, do you feel that I never recommend that? Really? And that's always isolate. Okay, I see. And do you're ha- taking
1: one ingredient? They're isolating it in regular hemp. There's about 120 to 150 types of CBD as well as all these other phytochemicals. I see. And so it has less of a drug-like effect and more
0: of a food-like effect. Got it. And do you have any favorite brands for it? Yeah, CBD? Yeah, I,
1: I use uh, Hemp Lucid and CBD Biocare. They're both companies that I researched that use organic hemp.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that. And <clears throat> moving on from CBD, um, I'm seeing activated charcoal and like, like honestly everywhere, like from like, lattes to people put and lattes yeah i'm not what? joking I, yeah they make like Aww. these like black like charcoal it's like a whole thing <laughs> okay it's awful yeah so
1: <laughs> it sounds horrible uh, well actually there's a there's a place for mm-hmm. s- for activated charcoal like food poisoning mm-hmm. to me that's the only place for it because when you take something like that every day you're actually pulling a lot of minerals out of your body okay and over chelating And um, so I never recommend activated charcoal unless somebody had an active parasite or active food poisoning. Um, But I think that's a trend that can actually cause some more harm than good. Another one, and the biggest one, is I get everybody off of kombucha. Really? Mm -hmm. How come? Well, if you see how it's made, they put the the mushroom in a glass jar and they feed it pure white sugar okay and then we've got the kombucha companies which are doing fabulous with the branding Mm -hmm. and the marketing but kombucha has a lot of sugar in it and it's basically yeast water and most of the people i see have too much Yeast already, and I just see that they almost look like they've been drinking too much alcohol when they have kombucha. So I will take all of my patients off of kombucha, and a lot of doctors disagree with me. They think that the yeast in kombucha, which is Saccharomyces, gets rid of Candida. Philosophically, that might sound good, but I don't see it in practice. I see people who are doing kombucha. They look puffy like somebody who's been drinking alcohol. They're addicted to it, and they tell me they're addicted to it. That's usually a sign of an imbalance. And they're bloated and gassy. So I'm just like, stop the kombucha. You're going to feel a ton better. So that's And save a lot of money. Yeah, that's. And I'm sure that I... Actually, at one point, I was asked to be an ambassador for a kombucha brand, and they offered me all kinds of money. And I couldn't do it because mm. I just... Don't believe in it. Well, yeah,
0: it's your belief system. You don't yeah. I mean, so you, don't you have to think about
1: some of these trends. Yeah. Um, but they're fascinating and I like to study them.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's I how to you keep up on that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also like that's the way you figure out like what is like real and like actually deserves it myself yeah and
1: that. i'm like why is my stomach look like a balloon right now <laughs> <laughs> can't be that good for me
0: love it okay i could keep talking to you forever but we are out of time so before we wrap tell everyone where they can find you your website social media all that kind of stuff thank
1: you well thank you so much for inviting me or me inviting you to my office you're you're a doll and um <laughs> I'm Dr. Gabrielle Francis, the Urban Alchemist. Urban is H-E-R-B-A-N alchemist.com and hashtag the Urban Alchemist.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. G. Thank you. Wait, do you want to receive a short email from me with exclusive content every week? Sign up to the Icing and Glutter newsletter and I'll send you my top five skincare secrets along with a weekly email with bite-sized tips and tricks, giveaways, recipes, and so much more. I'll leave the details in the show notes.